Hey, what is going on, everybody, and welcome to Listen Money Matters. Don't dig yourself into a rut when you think it's a groove. My name is Thomas, and I'm here as always with my good friend Andrew. Andrew, how are you, and what are you drinking this fine afternoon, sir? I'm I'm fabulous, and because uh, we're only doing one episode today, we usually do like two or, or more. Yeah. I figured I could just step it up and go high ABV from the beginning. So I'm just got some Laganitas brown sugar sweet release. That looks like a normal sized bottle this time. It, it is actually. Ah, I found a, a liquor store that lets me pick and choose my bottles and make my own six pack. Oh, yeah? the, the thing is like most of them are like pretty normal brews. I want like more out there. Um, really? You yeah. had to like look hard to find a, a liquor store that would give you singles? So, so that's the thing is like I found ones that have like amazing selection, but you have to buy a six pack and yeah. then this one has like good selection. Um, but yeah, so whatever. So what are we talking about today, man? So, um, not beer, not, not beer. I mean, <laughs> beer and, uh, taxes and, uh, one of the those, things, those are two things that always have to go together, right? That's serious. Yeah. <laughs> because there is nothing more stressful for me than taxes. Um, we've, we've, Laura and I have always been like interested in like optimizing our thing. And, and lately we've, we've, uh, hit like frothing at the mouth level of like trying to get the most back. Um, okay. And uh, maybe in another one, we'll talk about these really cool business things that we're doing, blah, blah, blah. But uh, this is mostly geared towards like everybody. And uh, we, we want you to get the most money back possible from the government while following the, the letter of the law to the hilt. So, so we're not going to talk about things like the LLC discounts that we talked about recently. It's going to be more like deductions you can take for school or education or like mm. home improvements, those kind of things. What's a yellow C deduction? LLC deduction. Oh, oh, I, th- I thought like, this was like, like your S Corp thing. A drug that you... related something. <laughs> yeah, man. Get yourself some yellow C. Got you know, it right here in my <laughs> trench coat. Check it out. Best it... product on the street. <laughs> no, I'm talking about, we did that whole LLC uh, episode. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and so we're this talking is... about how you can do S Corp stuff, but that doesn't really apply to most people unless they're running a thriving business. So. Exactly. And and even if you are running a thriving business, uh, Thomas, you can still apply most of not all of these to the personal end of your life because it's like a, a line, you know, business on top, yeah. Thomas on bottom, or I, I don't know how you prefer, but. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, look out for number one. I'm always on top. <laughs> it's like a pyramid. See, I'm on the top. <laughs> man, you got a bunch of things in here. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that there were this. I mean, I guess I knew there were this many, but I had never like really looked into it. So I don't know. You're maybe going to save me some stuff on taxes. Well, year. we are going to save you on taxes. And and so before we get into it, there's like a few things to, to preface this. So I think you can get the most out of the episode. Okay. Uh, number one is standard versus itemized deductions. I feel like no one really knows. They maybe just always take standard and... I don't know. It's easy versus hard, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, so so two thirds of people take the standard because you literally just like, it's like almost like opting out of doing work. You're like, yeah, whatever, yeah. I'll just take the standard. It's just like, what is like 6,200 or something like that? I forget the exact, oh, 6,300. So yeah, so it's 6,350 uh, for, for single, 12 
1700 for married and you know there's all these deviations of like married filing separately whatever yeah. you get the gist of it the 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 thing i think to focus on is like say you're single um the standard deduction being 6350 you only need to find 6360 or 6351 dollars in deductions for it to potentially be more valuable to itemize yeah and i think that if you uh, have the stamina to make it through this episode you will feel that that is not that challenging. Hopefully. Should we make like bird noises every few minutes to wake people up? (laughs) Something to wake people up. Um, So, so, so that's one thing. Uh, Now we had, we had touched upon uh, this thing when we were talking about rental properties, Uh, it's called income phase outs. And essentially Mm -hmm. uh, quite a lot of the deductions are geared towards people who make less than a hundred thousand a year. Uh, and maybe even more focused, like less than 80 or 70,000 a year. And so yeah. if that's you, like super listen, because not only can you get the maximum out of this list, uh, proportionally, it's going to make the biggest impact. Um, but basically phase out is like, as we talked about in the rental property, the passive income from rental property, if you make above $100,000, you only get 50% of the benefit. And if you make right. above $150,000, you get none of the benefits. So uh, basically- Isn't there uh, isn't there something where like you can't contribute to a Roth if you make over a certain amount? And like if there's like a window where the, the contribution limit gets smaller and smaller until eventually like it's just, you can't have it. Exactly. And, and so that's a phase out. It's like where uh, too, you earn too much and so you don't get the benefit of, of the deduction. And But we'll talk about that with each item. And that sounds like a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then uh, what I, I've been brewing this episode for a while, and and I'm not quite ready yet. But um, Laura and I make more than um, a lot of the phase out things, especially with, like rental property and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, it turns out there's actually really clever ways to like make your cash flow so that uh, you can qualify for everything. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll cover that in a later episode. Cool. Um, and and just, there are well, a few more in here, right? Yeah. So, oh, so I'll just like blast with them. So yeah. the, to understand the potential savings, um, for every $1,000 that you can deduct, and, and we will like list how many thousands you can deduct for each of these things, you will save uh, money based on your tax rate. So if your tax rate is 15%, you save $150 per thousand. If it's 30%, you'll save $300 per thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so- if you're able to deduct a thousand, like that's $150, $300 is a lot of money. And so at, there'll be many, many thousands by the time we get to the bottom of this list. So uh, depending on your tax rate, you could save quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I already covered the other one. I don't think you actually covered the first one though. Tell me. Which, well, yeah, I mean, maybe I just totally blanked when you said this, but um, and we've mentioned this on previous episodes but the reason why there are so many deductions and credits out there is because the tax code at least the majority of the tax code is designed to incentivize certain behavior mm-hmm. so there's definitely that small percentage that is designed to get dollars from your pocket into the government so they can do things with it like i don't know buying hammers and toilet seats or building <laughs> roads or whatever it is mm-hmm. but for the most part the government wants people to start businesses or they to, want to grow the economy to kids they want people to grow the economy they want get more to educated build, build housing build affordable housing mm. you know have section 8 housing all these different things so 
the majority of the tax code is built so that there are some incentives to doing that. And that's why there are so many deductions, so many credits, so many quote unquote loopholes that you might see out there. The government knows what works and they want, you know, for to grow the economy. They want you to do that. And mm-hmm. to, to tie a bow on that, because because yes, exactly. And I think that we both come out strongly in favor of the tax code being a series of incentives and not uh, like your civic duty to pay the maximum amount of money to the government possible. Um, yeah. I, I imagine that doesn't most- sound like maximizing um, utility and it doesn't sound very rational to me. <laughs> right. Like there are many ways to uh, support your country. I don't think that giving them an extra thousand dollars will make such a difference as perhaps other ways, many of which happen to be tax deductible and that we yeah. all talk about. So cool. So it looks like we're split between the must use deductions, things that I'm guessing you think are uh, like you need to do them if they if you qualify for them. And then there are these lesser known ones that you may have missed. And I don't know. Do you did you put them in this section because they're also lesser in terms of what you can get taken off your taxes? Or is it just that they're really obscure? I, I think that they don't apply to everyone, which is why, like, I think the ones at the top will likely, they'll apply to a vast amount more people. I mean, I'm seeing a couple in here that definitely don't apply to me. (laughs) Well, all right, let's, let's go through them and and you tell (laughs) me. Yeah. So what did you want to like do the whole alternating thing again? Or do you just want to? Yeah, sure. (laughs) No, 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 let's alternate. And you could probably skip that first one because I think we, we covered it. We did, yeah, we did talk about the standard tax deduction. So just to review on that one, that is, uh, you know, if you're not itemizing, you can literally just chop $6,300 off of your income, your, uh, I guess your gross income, and that would get you your AGI. That'd be if you're single. Um, The second one is reinvested dividend. So if you're like most investors, you have mutual fund dividends automatically invested back into extra shares. Um, and each reinvestment increases your tax basis in the fund, which in turn reduces the amount of taxable capital gain or increases the tax saving loss when you sell your shares. So you mind explaining that to me? Yeah. So say you bought a share of Apple, uh, one share at a hundred dollars, right? And then you sold it when it was $200, like you would pay taxes on the difference. So 200 minus one. Yeah. So you'd pay 200 minus 100. You'd pay taxes on the hundred dollars. However, Apple pays dividends. And so say, and so you automatically reinvested it. um, And when the dividend hit, uh, the price of the stock was 180. And so you have one point and whatever the fractional shares are um, in Apple stock, you wouldn't pay taxes on that number at the original price because when you reinvested the dividend, it was a higher price. And okay, does, does that make sense? Yes. So you, they basically paid a dividend. You reinvested it at 180 instead of 100. Because mm-hmm. that was just the price okay. of the stock at the time. And yeah. um, I think that just even in explaining that, you could see as you own many shares of various types of things, this can get ridiculously complicated. Um, and you could potentially, uh, through either lack of wanting to do the work or whatever, pay more in taxes than you might normally expect. And, you know, um, this is where services like Betterment come in because they actually just handle this for you. Uh, a a tax person will handle this for you too. Um, hopefully if they don't suck or maybe just ask them. Uh, but yeah, I think it's important. So just to clarify this, 
um, when the dividend is given out, is that a taxable event? Is that considered income? So like if, say you had a, I guess the dividend was oh, paid out yes, at $180. Yes, it is. It, it, Apple gives you $20. So that basically like, does that count as 20 bucks of income? Yeah, it's a different type of income. So it wouldn't be taxed like okay. your salary, um, but you're definitely taxed on it uh, immediately. But then you automatically reinvest it. So are you saying that there is something that can kind of reclaim some of the taxes that would have been applied to say whatever, like that 20 bucks that was given to you? I guess the, the point is like, if you paid a hundred dollars in post-tax money for shares and sold it at 200, you'd pay the difference between a hundred and 200. If you're, mm -hmm. if you have uh, automatic dividend reinvesting, it's with post-tax money because you paid tax on getting the, the dividend, but maybe yeah. the, the, the amount uh, that it was purchased for at that random moment the dividend hit was higher. So you'd actually pay less on that that bit of what you own. They call them like tax okay. lots, essentially. Yeah. And so you would just want to be uh, mindful of that. And yeah. Okay. Oh, so when you sell your shares, you want to be mindful of, of the taxable events that happened when dividends were reinvested and that can offset the capital gains that happen when you sell shares manually. Right. And so it, we, we okay. did an episode on like dividend aristocrats, which are these stocks mm -hmm. that pay awesome dividends and have consistently and if say, and we'll, and we'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, so if you're heavily invested in them and a bunch of them, this could be a royal pain in the ass that either you got to farm out ah. to your tax guy, you got to buy yourself a ton of beer to handle yourself, or maybe you're using something <laughs> like Betterment and I'll just kind of like automate it. Um, does Vanguard do this for you or do you have to do it manually with them? Um, I am not sure, but I would imagine if you're buying individual things, you're, you're gonna have to do it yourself. Yeah. And, and I mean, when I say do it yourself, yeah. like they'll send you a document outlying everything and you yeah. either got to like plug all this into a tax document or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so okay. if you use TurboTax, you could put in your Betterment details and it'll like remotely connect to Betterment, grab everything and whatever. It may work with Vanguard as well. Um, okay. Yeah. That's nice. Cool. All right. What's our second one then? So uh, child care credit. So if you are working and you have to pay for child care while you work, uh, there is money on the table. Um, it is up to $6,000 for two or more children. If you're just like paying out of pocket, uh, that you could deduct, which if you, if you have a kid, um, one, you're probably paying more than that for the year if you're working. Um, mm -hmm. now if you have a tax favored reimbursement account, so say your employer is like, Hey, we, we know you have tax care, uh, uh child care, and we're going to give you, um, a benefit. Uh, that is only up to 5,000. And so, if you spend more than that, you could actually uh, there's a there's that gap of like one thousand that you can claim as well. So, oh, so I guess like interesting people who do and so this is for daycare basically, right? Yeah, essentially. Like, well, yeah, okay. and um, I I'm almost certain it has to be like while you are working. Oh, okay, so you couldn't just like have your kid at daycare. It can't be for like night date night or something and have dates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's work related. I mean, care. look, if uh, your boss thinks you're working and you're playing hooky and you're on a date, then maybe you could still. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just up to your boss's ignorance now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> OK, cool. So, yeah, there's one of those that doesn't apply to me. 
and also does not apply to you currently. Right. But there are quite a lot of people do, and and if like this qualifies, yeah. you're you're already only uh, three hundred and fifty dollars away from the standard deduction. So if that hits it, like everything else below this will be icing on the cake and just money in your pocket. So basically, if you're paying for daycare and you're going to work, uh, itemizing is probably going to be the way to yeah. go. Most likely. Cool. Okay, so there are also medical and dental expenses that can uh, reduce your tax burden. So you can actually uh, deduct medical and dental expenses for yourself, your spouse, and your dependents if your total expenses exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. Uh, if you and your spouse are 65 or older, you can deduct total medical expenses that exceed 7.5% of it at that AGI. And the potential deductible expenses will include preventative care, surgeries, doctor's visits, fertility treatments, uh, psychologist and psychiatrist visits, prescription medication, glasses, contact lenses, and even the cost of travel for medical yeah. care. Sometimes people have so, to go to a doctor that is more, or they want to go to a doctor that's more qualified. Yeah. Um, and so... I wonder, could you could you do medical tourism and do that? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I just came back from Colombia, and there's a lot of it there. Um, a lot of medical tourism, yeah, like especially um, like what what do you call like breast augmentation or like face tightening, cosmetics, uh, plastic yes, surgery. Plastic surgery is huge there. Oh yeah, because it's way cheaper to get done there, and I, I've read that in certain cases, it could be cheaper to buy plane tickets and lodging mm. in. Colombia or in Southeast Asia and pay for the surgery than it would be to just get the surgery in the United States. It is like whoa cheap over so, there. Yeah. So people they book a vacation and they come back with a face job or nose job yeah. or whatever. I don't know if that would count. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if, if the IRS the is like, yeah, I see you were partying it up in, in Colombia and getting a facelift <laughs> <laughs> and you deducted that. Um, but for normal medical expenses. So I guess the question is if your total expenses were like 9.9%, could you just, you can't deduct anything? You, yeah. Is it everything that's over 10%? Uh, they have to exceed 10%. So then I think you could deduct it. So say, so, so think of it like this. If you make $50,000 a year, at right. adjusted gross income says so after all of your deductions are reducing your, your, um, your, your income, you could spend 5,000 on medical expenses. Right. Okay. Uh, and then, then you could take the deduction. And so if you think about it, if you're making $500,000 a year, you have to have some like serious problems to be able to deduct because you have yeah. to hit 50,000. However, if you're making 30,000 a year, you only need to spend 3,000 to get this deduction. So like, kind of like we were saying in the beginning, huh. uh, the people at the lower end of the income spectrum stand to benefit and you really shouldn't be paying much taxes if you're at the lower end because you could hit Mom, like as we go through this, you're going to hit like everything. Yeah. So I guess the question is, is it like you hit that 10% and then everything? Oh yeah. Okay. So there it is. And actually there's a new law that I just looked up mm -hmm. here. This was posted January of this year. It says here for the next two years, all taxpayers can write off healthcare spending that exceeds 7.5% of their income. Um, so I guess for the next two years, everyone gets that lower threshold and it's anything that exceeds yeah. that. So I guess what I was confused on is, is it like you hit 10% and then you could deduct all of it. But if you are at 9.9%, .9%, you could deduct none, which isn't the case. It's if you, I guess under this mm. new law, if you, anything that is past 7.5% of your income, that can be deducted. And it, so if it was 10%, you could deduct 2.5% right. of that. And uh, this is, 
doctor, dentist, fertility, psychologist, psychiatrist, prescription, glasses. I mean, like, it's pretty much anything that is what people would consider medical. And uh, health insurance premiums if they aren't paid with pre-tax dollars. So I think anybody who's got a typical full-time job, this won't apply to. But if you are a freelancer or you're running your own business and you'd have to buy your own health insurance, it looks like health insurance premiums that exceed that 7.5% um, range, or I guess that would add on to anything that was out of mm. pocket, could also be counted. So if you or I had a you know, a surgery we had to pay for this year and that got us close to that 7.5, you could actually add in your health insurance premiums, mm. it looks like. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, you can't deduct the costs of elective cosmetic surgery. So yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Gym memberships, nutritional supplements, nicotine patches, teeth whitening, mm. none of that stuff. But, uh, you know, stuff that actually helps you not be hurt or injured yeah. or sick, it seems like you can deduct basically I all think it's like that. the... General so. thumb is if it's skewing towards more necessary, then yes. If it's skewing towards more like I want to do this because I can, probably no. Yeah. Okay. And it looks like after the 2018 tax year, currently um, it's going to revert back to that 10% income threshold for everyone under mm-hmm. 65. But uh, the AARP is, is fighting to get it stuck at 7.5, so... Go them. I guess keep fighting right. a good fight. Yeah. All right. So the next one, this is the one that I immediately saw and I was like, this doesn't apply to me. And does it apply to most people? No, uh, I, I maybe maybe as you get older, but I think like uh Yeah. You don't think about this. And I guess okay, so uh it's parents as a dependent, and everyone claims right. their kids as a dependent. Um and, and I, to be clear, to be able to claim a kid or a nephew or a grandparent or whatever is a dependent, they have to make less than $4,050 a year, which is pretty easy for kids and also pretty easy yeah. for your parents if they've retired and they're dependent. Um, and they, and you have to provide half of the support for that person mm-hmm. for the year. Uh, and actually this is a good time to mention it. If you're a student and like you're paying for all of your own stuff, your parents can't mark your yeah. dependence. I've, I've had a lot of people email me and they're like, uh, my parents claim me as a dependent, so I can't get some tax benefit because I'm listed as a dependent, uh, but I paid for all my expenses. And I was like, well, your parents are committing tax fraud <laughs> unwittingly or wittingly. Yeah. Uh, maybe they know, maybe they don't know, but you should get those benefits, not them. You paid for your own and, expenses. Okay, good point worth saying. Like, don't cheat on any of this. There's, there's more than enough ways to get it done legally because you know maybe you're going to borrow money for from a loan shark and not pay them back and it might work out fine but you're not going to screw over the irs and have it work out fine like i would literally never want to owe anyone money less than the irs like you don't mess with them mess with your parents mess with your grandparents your dog whatever not the irs i could think of some like mafia that i wouldn't want to <laughs> owe money to even less but yes i don't want to owe money to the irs but yeah just, so to, to wrap a bow on that one um if you're if you're helping your parents and you're providing most of their support then they are also a dependent but, 
And I guess that's something that may come up when you, you know, over. you may have some dirt on Pablo Escobar and then you could always get federal protection. You're not getting federal protection from I the don't IRS. Want that. <laughs> I don't want federal protection. I saw Goodfellas. He had to move to the Midwest and get a new name and everything. I mean, I, I guess that's better mm. than the alternative, but yeah, I, I guess everyone else uh, had worse things happen. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the next one, health savings account contributions. Uh, so what's this a health is like is that the, an employer the hottest, sexiest retirement account ever. It's tax free going okay. in and tax free going out. Um, and yeah, what? Uh, so so if you what's the, the catch, catch is uh, you need a high deductible health care plan, and depends how you oh. feel that catch is because healthcare is somewhere between damn and super fucking expensive. So Laura and I have a yeah. high deductible plan. And as a result, we can contribute to an HSA, which we do, or we did, we have to again. And this is money is tax-free going in and you could use it for medical expenses. And if we don't use it by the time we re-retire, oh. a la a, a mad scientist episode, you could roll it into an IRA, uh, a Roth, and then have, could you roll yes, it into Yes, yes, that's Roth? what you roll it into. And then so it's a way to like never pay yeah, taxes. Yeah, and so on that it money. is up to about 5500 a year depending on blah 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 circumstances. But uh this mm-hmm. is especially awesome if you don't qualify for a normal Roth. It's called a backdoor Roth if you if you're searching our site, we'll, we'll link to it. Um okay. You should super do this. This is like awesome stuff. So and you, you said you have to have a high deductible uh, health insurance plan. Yeah. So normally they right? have like HSA, so, like that that three letters in the name. So the I guess the catch is if you could do this, but if you get hurt, you, then you pay for it out of your. You may end up like you pay for your medical expenses essentially out of pocket or, you know, live out of pocket. Right. It'll depend on the terms covered. of your plan. Laura and I have an HSA plan and it is not that bad. It's not like everything that happens to us, we have to pay out the nose ridiculously. It's, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not that bad, but, but the, the, the tax benefit. So first of all, if you're not, I guess if you have serious health issues, you probably want to get a better healthcare plan. If you are young and healthy, something like this would make sense. And so if it's 55 that you could put into the, uh, HSA, that's 55 into 5,500 in deductions you get and you have like a tax free. T- yeah. So it, it's just super beneficial. I guess one, one question that I have in my mind right now is, is this beneficial if you plan on paying for a pregnancy in the next like so few years? Cause I've, I've read that. That's so Laura and I, uh, hopefully will, get to pay for pregnancy soon. And this is something that made uh, healthcare picking monstrously difficult and stressful. And uh, we, we did a ton of research um, and you could dig into the actual costs and what is covered, what's not. Um, and pregnancy is covered in, in pretty much like every case that, well, at least we looked at. Uh, and then it hits, it goes up to your deductible. So I think like it may be our plan and I don't know the exact numbers. Maybe it was like three thousand to thirty five hundred would be out of pocket, and then the rest would be mostly paid for, if not all paid for, by um, the insurance company. So, oh wow, out of okay. like a so so basically, you're saying your deductible, even if you hit it, it's not going to outweigh the tax savings that you unlock for, by doing for this. us. Uh, I I mean, 
for for for, for us, you guys at least. yeah and then also it's like the monthly cost for both of us is just so much more expensive for a non-hsa plan like we probably save about that much mm. just on having a cheaper plan honestly not not deductible but interesting know. i'm gonna bold this in the show notes <laughs> So I can remember to look Dude, into it's, it. Dude, it's it's awesome because you don't. You're probably not qualifying for most other things. You you want this, dude? You mean like any sort of like I, I don't I don't insurance? know exactly if you qualify for a Roth. Although you you have business avenues, this is just a really sick deduction that yeah. is on the personal end of the spectrum, not like outside of the business. So it's it's yeah. solid. Cool. Well, I'm gonna look into that. All right. Well, our next one is IRA contributions. Uh, and so you have written here, although IRS rules don't allow deductions for Roth IRA contributions. Because it's post-tax. Makes perfect sense. It's post-tax money. You might be able to claim the amount you put into a traditional IRA as long as you and your spouse don't have an employer-based retirement account. You can take a deduction up to the full amount of allowable contributions, which is 5500 or 6500 if you are 50 and older. So this is traditional mm. retirement accounts. So I guess uh, what my question here is, you said here, as long as you and your spouse don't have an employer-based retirement account, what if you do, but you don't hit the maximum contribution with your employer? Mm. I would guess that you could take the deduction up to $5,500, no matter what sort of mix of it retirement accounts that you contributed to. It's just like you could have two traditional IRAs, one with your employer, one with yourself. And as like, say you put 2000 over there, 4,000 over here, you could still deduct. I'll make it super easy for you. Right? So if you have an employer, so the, the one that we would compare against is like a 401k, 403b, TS, yeah. TSP. Uh, if you do have that um, and there is matching, you should put all of it into, because the matching is going to likely be up to the limit of whatever this taxable, because the, the company will match you until they lose their tax benefits and then they're not going to match you anymore. Yeah. So if you have matching, the very, very likely you're going to want to just do all that matching. If you don't have... Oh, you could match up to the limit. Okay. And, and get the same benefit. If there is no matching, you're probably going to want to say F their 401k, whatever thing, and do the uh, the traditional IRA because in the traditional IRA, you can invest in whatever you want versus the 401k yeah. or, or whatever plan having like a ton of restrictions. Yeah, you're stuck on whatever they offer you, whatever limited amount of funds they offer mm. you. There could be kickbacks for what they offer you. So, yeah, if, if you're not getting matching, then roll your own. Uh, and then the last one here in, in this must-have section is state tax paid last spring. Uh, so what is this? So you can deduct state taxes that you pay on your federal tax return. And it's often really okay. easy and simple when you're doing everything at one time. But for a litany of reasons that we won't go into, you may be filing at a different time, amending a return, whatever. Uh, and if you wind up having to pay more in taxes, don't forget to deduct that shit because you don't want to pay – like state taxes are a deduction on your federal. So, yeah. All of them? Depends on – I'm things but the, generally a certain amount is yeah and that's state tax from last year for uh so i guess it's deductible otherwise in the it year that like you pay weird loop so if you pay taxes in 2017 april 2018 when you do your 2017 taxes oh, okay. it'll be deductible 
So say, and I think the state tax rate in Colorado is like a flat 4.2% or something mm. like that. So basically you're saying like 4.2% of my income is deducted off of my federal taxes. Something like, look, I mean, I just want to be clear. We're not tax people. Uh, and we've, yeah. we've done research and all this stuff, <laughs> but like, if in doubt, don't consult me, consult the tax person. Yeah. But I mean, if that's the case, that's really hmm. cool. I'm guessing my accountant has taken that into consideration every year. But uh, I mean, it is cool to know. Uh, yeah, it says here, remember to include that amount in your state tax deduction of your 2016 federal return, along with state income taxes withheld from your paychecks or paid via quarterly estimated payments during the year. So whenever you wrote this, you seemed pretty darn sure that it was all of your state yeah. taxes. Sweet. All right. And that brings us to our lesser known deductions. First of which is student loan interest paid by mom and dad. In the past, if parents paid back a student loan incurred by their children, no one got a tax break. To get a deduction, the law said you had to be both liable for the debt and actually pay it yourself. But now there's an exception. If mom and dad want to pay back the loan, the IRS treats it as though they gave the money to their child who then paid the debt. So a child who's not claimed as a dependent can qualify to deduct up to $2,500 of student loan interest paid by mom and dad. So to clarify, this is a deduction on the student's taxes. Yeah. So, wow. so if your parents are going to pay your student loans, deduct that shit on your taxes. That's like the easiest deduction Why ever. Would, yeah. I feel like my mom and dad would want to deduct it off their taxes. They'd probably like <laughs> charge me for the deduction. Yeah, life, life isn't as fair <laughs> Yeah, as you're that. deducting it off your taxes, but you're sending us a hundred bucks. <laughs> Everything is easier <laughs> when you're young. Though then again, yeah. It just doesn't seem fair to mom and dad. Like they're paying the interest and they don't get the tax break. <laughs> At least what? they can get the benefit <laughs> of knowing it's helping their kid on both sides. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess you can send them less uh, laundry money that mm. month because they had a tax break and you know about That's it right. now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number two, moving expenses to take your first job. Job hunting expenses occurred while looking for your first job are not deductible, so buying a suit, I'm mm. guessing, and um, sending out resumes, but moving expenses to get to that position are, and you get this write-off even if you don't itemize, which is pretty cool. So to qualify for this deduction, your first job must be at least 50 miles away from your old home. Uh, if you qualify, you can deduct the cost of getting yourself and your household goods to the new area, including 16 and a half cents per mile for driving your own vehicle for a 2010 move. Is it like the year 2010? Yeah, I, I think it, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so, so I guess the one question is what is, what is first job? So mean? you just graduated college. So this is like everyone who, uh, is on the college info geek website it probably applies to. And, <laughs> and so if you are grew up in Iowa and you're like, you know, I really just want to work in the big apple. Well, shit. Uh, that, that whole thing's deductible. The, the moving and all the related okay. costs, um, which is awesome because it incentivizes yeah. you to move where the jobs are that, yeah. So this is only the first job that you take. Correct. Right? But, um, there, okay. there, you can deduct job hunting expenses for your second, third and, and hundredth job, but it's like, you know, postage resume paper. Yeah. Much. So you're, you're getting into like really detailed miser territory. If you're, I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're sending yeah. huge care packages and I don't know. I don't know, but I, I would say that probably is not worth your time. Ooh. Okay. So 
I, I bet you don't mm. know this, but just in case you do, um, say you interviewed for the company, they offered you mm -hmm. a job, they set a start date, you literally moved to that new city, and then they pulled the rug out of your feet and said, you can't have it. Could you still deduct all those expenses from those assholes who fucked you? You know, I would say that you probably could because if it was questioned, you could just show all the paper trail. And I mean, that's super unfortunate. Okay. That's like ultra unfortunate. That happened to a friend of wow. mine recently. So, yeah, we were like, all right, how do we, I don't know, make this company crash and burn. But uh, we didn't do that. But uh, it would be nice if I could tell him that, hey, I know it sucked and they totally screwed you over, but at least you can deduct all those moving expenses off your taxes this year. You know, I mean, ask your tax person, but you, you probably, yeah, I, I would ask him to ask because that's a lot of money. Yeah, I know, right? It's like a whole mm. friggin' move. Yeah, when I heard about that, like I was, I was livid. I was so pissed, but there was nothing we could do about it. Uh, so yeah, I'll let him know about that and see if he can some, uh, save some money. So these all next... Right. American These next three are, are oh, my favorite because one, well, and they they maybe should be your favorite too. But but God, oh yeah, I'm seeing a common theme here. These are the education. I'm not ones. sure if I ordered them in the best order. I tried to, but but God, okay. All right, so the first one is the American Opportunity Credits. Uh, this is good for all four years of college, not just the first two. Which I think there's one called the Hope Credit that was old mm -hmm. and this has replaced it so let's see here uh this tax credit is based on 100 percent of the first two thousand dollars spent on qualifying college expenses and 25 percent of the next two thousand for a maximum annual credit per student of twenty. so this is a free twenty five hundred dollar deduction if you're going to school period nice i wonder if i took this it's probably too late know. but i mean and do you know if this counts for uh dorms and meal plans and textbooks and all that kind of stuff? So or is it just the tuition? The best I was able to find was, quote, qualifying college expenses. But, you know, if you have to live... Okay. I mean, look, if you're from Iowa and you're going to school in New York, you obviously have to live closer. And so... But honestly, uh, you, you're gonna, your tuition is going to be worth more than 2500 a semester. So uh, you can probably just... You don't even have to worry about that dorming. Huh? I found it here. All right. Qualified expenses for education tax credits include tuition and required fees for the enrollment or attendance at an eligible post-secondary educational institution. Uh, doesn't include room and board, doesn't include transportation, insurance, medical expenses, uh, any student fees that are not required as a condition of enrollment. So it looks mm. like it's just tuition, but hey, tuition's expensive. Yeah. So if you're paying tuition, definitely take advantage of this. Uh, do you know if parents can take this for their kids? Read, read on to the next sections. <laughs> oh, is there a next one? Well, okay. So okay. this one, right, maybe so not, but the third one. So, so yeah. Gotcha. All right. Uh, the next one is tuition. So whether you take a standard deduction or you itemize, you can deduct up to $4,000 in qualifying higher education tuition and fees you paid for yourself, your spouse, or a dependent for this tax year. Uh, if you're married but filing separately, or if another person can claim an exemption for you as a dependent, you don't qualify. So I guess if, if your kids are dependents, you mm. can pay for it. Okay. Uh, so what is the difference between this one and the American Opportunity Credit? Because it, it's both both of them are 
are um, taking a deduction on tuition, right? Yeah. So, so I wasn't super sure. I, I wanted to. Okay. Where so in the in the childcare piece, you could actually claim the gap, and I'm I'm guessing that you can claim the gap here. But but again, like not tax people, so I kind of wanted to just like if you use TurboTax, it will suggest this to you. If you use a tax person, like Laura and I do, uh, you may have to suggest the avenue of the deduction. But gotcha. Okay, and I just found an article that actually compares the tuition deduction versus education mm. credit. So I don't have time or the mental ability to read the entire article and Oop. also be entertaining, but I can throw it in the chat. Yeah, and put that in the show notes. So, if so if this applies to you, uh, the the link will be there. Um, this actually looks super detailed and, and not fluffy. So, <laughs> yay. Tax this details. Will be cool. All right. So this moves us to the third one in our little education. My personal favorite. Here. Further education. So this one's Andrew's favorite. College credits aren't just for youngsters, nor are they limited to the first four years of college. The lifetime learning credit can be claimed for any number of years and can be used to offset the cost of higher education for yourself or your spouse, not just for your children. This credit is worth up to 2 k per year based on uh, 20% of up to $10,000 you spend for post high school courses that lead to new or improved job skills. Classes you even take in retirement at a vocational school or community college can count. So Sweet. if you are like us, you're, you're always learning and perhaps courses or classes are, are up your alley and, and either improving your current salary job or a side hustle thing you're working on, deduct that shit. And there are quite a few people that I've met in the audience, and so I'm sure there are many more who have done things like coding boot camps and things where they literally mm-hmm. made a massive career pivot, like midlife, like 28 or you know whatever. They're like, I'm changing uh, what what I do. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to necessarily go to college for that, but maybe you go to something like General Assembly and take a few classes, deduct that shit because you're going to make more money in the future. And you're going to yeah. save money on the cost. Uh, yeah. One thing I would wonder about is if, uh, and there's probably a IRS page about this, is what qualifies as um, post-high school education that this could help you offset. So obviously a community college, a vocational school, going to a four-year um, you know, does mm. online college count? Does a coding boot camp count? Does a Skillshare subscription right, count? Right. You know, I would be curious to know, like, what are the limits of a deduction like this? And mm. we don't have that research now, but but to perhaps that would be something to look into. Mm. Uh, I, I was going to say to oh, maybe put in perspective, like I actually from from looking into this, it, and I'm not a tax person, but it implied that something like Skillshare would be tax deductible. However. Uh, Skillshare is like ten or something dollars a month. So when you multiply it for the year, like yeah, you're, not you're really not finding a ton of gains in that. Like it would, you would need to be more impactful, like yeah. a boot camp or, or you know night classes. Maybe you're learning Spanish because you want to go work in a Spanish speaking country, or you know it'll help you with your prospects of a job, or you know whatever. Yeah, and I guess right here it says um, an eligible student for this is like enrolled at least half time in a program leading toward a degree certificate or other recognized educational credential Mm. for at least one academic period. So I don't think a Skillshare 
account would uh would count there uh, because it wouldn't be enough you don't get a credential yeah there and it's, it's probably not a recognized educational institution though one thing i will mention here is yes you can get a tax credit by going back to community college but you could also just save literally all of the money that you would spend on college tuition and you could learn independently mm. if that's something you wanted to do, if you're the kind of person who does learn well on your own and if you were trying to learn something that has a lot of great free resources out there or cheap resources. So I will say like if you want to learn how to code or if you want to learn how to edit video or do any sort of like computer skill, there's probably a... Skillshare or Udemy course or Coursera course out there that's like ten dollars or something. Yeah, there's like Treehouse and Code School that will bring you through essentially a curriculum for yeah. a language. And I think it's like uh, you could start with something like this, and and it works for quite a lot of people. But maybe you need the teacher there, you know, and that yeah. that's your learning environment. Uh, don't let the cost completely prevent you from going. Right, you, you know. It's, it's sometimes worth it um, and to at the risk of plugging my own thing, I'm going to plug my own thing. Uh, I wrote a little post on my personal blog the other day about filtering mechanisms and how paid education like coaches and courses can sometimes be very useful because people with a certain amount of expertise can sort of guide you along the path that's most efficient. Mm. A lot of times trying to learn on your own, it can work, but it can take a long time because you don't know what to avoid you don't know what you don't you know. know. Yeah, exactly. I could walk into a library right now and like I, I know that there's probably a combination of information, in those books that could make me a millionaire, mm -hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> like there's, there's like an almost infinite amount of combinations possible. But when you figure it out, and if document I were, it and just send it to us. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I could walk into that library with Warren Buffett and he'd be like, all right, well, I know the three books that you need right mm -hmm. now. And here's the three pieces of information, how they correlate. He is a filtering mechanism. And filtering mechanisms can be very useful. And so, we will link to that in the um, show notes. You'll you'll yeah, pass that. Yeah, show uh, notes. Woo! That's uh, yeah. It's on my personal blog. Actually, I started doing that recently. Mm. The other two things I'll mention here: one, this further education credit phases out starting from fifty-five thousand dollars in income for a single taxpayer and ends at sixty-five thousand dollars. So if you are balling past sixty-five k or past one hundred and thirty k for a couple. Um, you are not eligible for this. Mm -hmm. But again, good problem to have. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention was just something funny. Um, Martin told me in college one year, he was in a class in the MIS program paying for tuition and part of the class, like for two weeks, the assignment was to go through a code academy. <laughs> oh, wow. That is laziness. <laughs> I know. I know, right? Well, I mean, okay. One, it is lazy. On the teacher's part. I guess to a point, but it also serves as a testament for the quality of education uh, yes. that these tools have been able to offer for free. And like, I don't want to call teachers who use my videos in classrooms lazy, just like I wouldn't want to call teachers who played Bill Nye, the science guy videos mm. in classrooms lazy back when I was in school because like Disney poured thousands and thousands of dollars into the production of that show, you know, like, Obviously, a teacher should strive to be presenting their own material, but like there are certain things that an amazing video production studio and an, a trained actor can do really interestingly. And there's like no reason to try to shy away from yeah. that. Uh, when when I first started at, at iHeart, or I was like a, maybe a little bit in, uh, the, the data scientists were using this language uh, R, 
like the letter R. Mm-hmm. It's like a statistical analysis language. Uh, and I, I took it on code school and it was like super helpful and, you know, learned it. So, and it, it was actually free. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. All right. So we have a few more to go through here. Looks like maybe actually more than a few. But we'll, we, we, uh, I think we'll blast through we'll, some we'll of these. blast through yeah. them. So we have job search expenses, um, including transportation, which includes a deduction of up to 54% assistance per mile. Also parking, tolls, cap fees, preparing and printing out your resume, mail and postage, um, job search agency fees, things like mm. that. So, and I think you said, was that like... Everything except your first job? Yeah. Well, or yeah, and it would everything? include your first job. And I guess the, the oh, whole okay. thing is like how much money is it really? It's not yeah. much, but it's something. Dude, what if I mailed out like a million resumes? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you use, uh, I don't know, whatever. All right. So um, mortgage mm. points. So what's a mortgage point? So you could pay the mortgage company for what they would call points to reduce the interest rate of your mortgage, um, which would like lower the amount of interest you pay over the loan. And you'd obviously want to do math to see if the cost of a point is worth the savings over whatever. But the point is if the the point is if you you use mortgage points, um, you obviously want to deduct it. I mean, it's like just free money. Have you bought any mortgage points? I, I've been under the um, general assumption based on some math that I did a while ago that uh, it's just really not worth it because, you know, okay. perhaps it works out over 30 years, but 30 years is a really long time. And I'm not optimizing yeah. like for to save $1,000 over 30 years, I could probably do something better. Yeah, and I guess the other thing is a lot of people will pay off their mortgage faster. Mm-hmm. So I guess like you could weigh the utility of uh, buying a mortgage point versus just accelerating and paying more yeah. principal. And then a lot of people end up selling their home and paying off the entire mortgage before the 30 and years And then, the, then the points that you paid for would have been a moot point. <laughs> You're just on a roll with these bad puns, man. This episode sponsored by Lacanita's Brown Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The uh, so there's the earned income tax credit, which is a commonly overlooked tax credit for low to moderate income people. Although it's not considered an IRS deduction, the earned income tax credit is a refundable tax credit meant to supplement income. So if you're making not a lot of money, like towards the end in like the less than 40,000 range, uh, it's going to qualify and uh, it's going to qualify even more if you have kids. Um, If you go to the Wikipedia thing, which we'll send to you, it is as detailed as what Thomas just read. And so essentially, if Mm -hmm. you are making like 37,000 a year, uh, you probably qualify and it is essentially um, a reduction in your taxes almost to count as like income okay. so that uh, your burden is less. That is, So that's for kids. And it looks like if you don't have kids, uh, if you're single, you have to make less than $14,340 and 19680 if you're married. Which I actually think uh, is, this is very is small, challenging. So. To, to make less than 14000 a year. Yeah. Actually, well, okay, and that's not true. You could true be a student or, you know, in your parents' basement. Yeah. But 
I remember doing my taxes for most of the years that I was in college and my income was like $5,000 or $7,000. And I wasn't Mm. a dependent. I just, that's all I made. So I probably could have claimed this, but I didn't know about it back then. Fair. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're a college student, look into it. I mean, you probably make under I will admit when I was in college, my dad did my taxes. So I haven't the slightest idea. (laughs) <laughs> yeah really i'm pretty sure i just got money back <laughs> i think i think it's more it's more common yeah. for that to happen than what i had to do my parents were like there's 1040 forms of the library ride your bike up good there luck. And get oh one. yeah you have to buy a bike for that <laughs> good luck <laughs> <laughs> they did buy me a bike okay i was born with silver bike pedals under my feet so <laughs> all right so there is also a home sale if you sold your home at a profit you can exclude up to $250,000 of gains from your income. And if you're married or filing jointly, or filing jointly you can exclude $500,000. So basically, unless you sold your home for a ridiculous profit, like all of that money yeah. is tax-free. And, and this, so is that basically just an incentive to improve uh, your home? I, I think it's an incentive to buy a home, right? It's, it's kind of that whole like... Uh, home building and that whole area of the economy. It's like a third of the economy is homes. And so they just want you to yeah. own. And um, and, and this actually Buy is different houses. than like what the, I want to say 401 exchange, but I forget the number of the exchange. Or if you sell your home and buy a new one within a certain time period, that's also, you just roll it all in. You don't pay taxes. So oh, this is cool. like you you sell it and you kind of like rent or something. Yeah. Okay. So there's also the student loan interest deduction, which uh, I've definitely heard of. Maybe I'm biased being in the college space, but uh, you can deduct some or all of any qualified student loan interest you paid during the tax year. You can deduct the lesser of $2,500 or the amount you actually paid. You can't claim the deduction if you're married or filing separately, or if you and your spouse is listed as a dependent on someone else's tax return. So wait, you can't, you can't claim if you're married at all. Mm. What does that mean? Wait, well, can't claim if you're. Oh, so so you, you can't do it. That's um, if you're married and filing separately, which is like you're like pre-divorce or you have like some some advanced weird tax shit going on. Um, or oh, you're talking about like free yeah, your or if one of you is listed as a dependent. So say like you okay. know Laura claimed me as her dependent because you could do huh? it for your own. You could still do yeah. it for your own, yeah. no matter what. So I guess this is probably saying for like your wife or your husband if if you're not. Uh, it, it basically doesn't qualify them. if you're doing some weird stuff. Like I don't know if you if I if we were married, Thomas, and I claimed you as a dependent because you literally did nothing. You know, <laughs> I, I got. Do people claim their husbands and I'm wives sure, as dependents? I'm sure it's a thing. a thing. I don't know. It's it's a little weird. And that's like uh, that's, that's like weird. a. I, I anyways, I don't even want to go there. But how about this? Claim spouse as de- hey, that's <laughs> so interesting. Uh, Can one spouse claim? You can't claim your spouse as a dependent on your tax return. That's <laughs> what it says here. So, okay, instead of uh, yeah, your spouse is never considered your dependent, <laughs> I, and that's probably a good thing. If if you want to remain, that is spouses. probably a good thing. When your spouse is an alien, oh, non-resident alien, not mm. not a real alien. The if your spouse is from Saturn, you can claim them, but if they're from Haven't Jupiter, you heard you of can't. the great it's filter, Thomas? The Galactic code. Aliens don't exist. I have. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, that's Mm. one theory. What if they just decided not to talk to us because that's what keeps them out of the great That's filter. true. Everyone who talks to humans dies, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We that's are right. the great filter. Okay, so <laughs> we're, we're running, like, tight on time. I'm just going to blast through. I'm not even going to, like, go into details. All right. I think uh, these are more uh, edge cases. And if you're interested, like, well, we'll have the details in the show notes and you can click in. Um, but basically... Yeah investment fees and expenses. So if you're paying for uh, investment counseling, related, I don't know, attorney costs, whatever, you could deduct that stuff. Um, but try not to pay it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, casualty disaster theft loss. Uh, so if like your someone stole your home or your iPhone or whatever, uh, you could deduct that. Mil- <laughs> <laughs> Who steals your house? I, I thought I thought it was a little <laughs> might be a little extreme, but some houses have wheels, so that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, military reservationist travel expenses. So if you're in the mil- in the uh, army reserve uh, and you have to like fly there, deduct that. Um, uniforms. If you are a house cleaner and wear house cleaning uniforms, if you are a major D at something and you have to wear a, sp- a special uniform, you can deduct that. If you have to wear a suit to work, you can't deduct that. If you have to nope. look nice yeah. as par- and presentable, not deductible. I can't deduct my cool graphic tees because I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> Damn it. I can't deduct my haircuts. Damn it. Sorry, Thomas. There was actually some news anchor that tried to do that. Mm. I can't. It was a few years ago, but she was like, "Oh, my facelift and my hair cuts were. It, I'm a news anchor. I need them." Like, and, no. Uh, she got the smackdown. Yep. Um, if you use your home, car, whatever for your business, your salary job, whatever, you could deduct that. So, if you have a home office that you work in, like I am sitting in or Thomas is sitting in, you should deduct that. I have every year deducted that. That is. A ton of money, especially if yep. you live in an expensive area. Um, yeah. It, it's like proportional to the square footage. You got to figure it out. Maybe like underestimate a little bit to like whatever. But uh, like an electrical, electricity and related things also count. Um, yep. Yeah, I didn't know that one. My accountant just told me that the other day. He's like, take your utilities and you know, deduct a percentage of that, like whatever your square footage is that you're using for your uh, home office. Yeah. Proportionally. And like, once you are in the itemized territory, which I think is not that difficult. If you do like a third of the things that we've talked about, things like utilities, uh, you know, uh, proportionally, it just adds up. It becomes like a lot of money as you like tack these things on, um, donations, uh, Tax loss harvesting. So this is uh, when you're selling t- stocks for a loss and blah, blah, blah. We have episodes on this. Betterment does it for you automatically. That's deductible. Um, mm-hmm. And that's like basically it. Cool. Uh, do you know if TurboTax charges more if you itemize? No. So I I used okay. to pay for whatever normal or standard was for like just a salaried person and I want to say it's like forty nine or sixty nine a year when I did it, and uh, oh okay, you could like you could go to the moon with all your deductions. It's just a single fee, and then whatever the extra fee is to file for your state. Gotcha. Okay, I just wanted to make sure there wasn't like a situation where you would choose to itemize, but you ended up with like 
$50 more than the standard deduction and then TurboTax takes that. But if you but, pay for TurboTax, that cost is deductible. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. So well, that's nice. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll put a link in the show deductible. notes. Exactly. As that, uh, you, have you seen the hashtag hustle song that Matt wrote? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that bridge is like, that's a write-off. Everything's a write-off. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess everything is a write-off if this episode is any indication. Cool. Uh, well, this is going to be one of those episodes I think people are going to want to look at the show notes for mm. because there's a lot of detail. I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of links yeah. to IRS pages with justifications and qualifications and all courts, sorts of occasions, mm. things that end with that suffix. So check those out. If you're listening to us in a podcasting app, you can probably tap on our face or swipe or do some sort of weird dance to bring the show notes up. <laughs> Otherwise, listenmoneymatters.com slash show is where you can go to find every episode's show notes. There's a little link for latest show notes. If you're, if you're listening to this on Monday when it comes out, Otherwise, we have like a whole list of everything we've ever released. Mm. Check that out. Um, if you enjoy this show, one way to help it out and support it and help spread the word is to give us a rating and review Please on Apple do. Podcasts. Give us them reviews. We need them. We survive on mm. them, actually. I've converted my biology into a, one that just subsists on iTunes reviews. <laughs> and I'm hungry. <laughs> Lastly, if you want to find our favorite apps, tools, books, resources for improving your finances and uh, increasing your money knowledge, check out listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. Our email address is listenmoneymatters.com. No, it's not. <laughs> our email address is listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. So you can send us your questions, concerns, hate mail, whatever it is. We turn questions into new episodes and we turn hate mail into uh long extended wine and crying <laughs> sessions. So, you know, Very everyone true. needs both of those in their lives. So send us emails, send us your questions and send us your catchphrases as well. We always have a dumb catchphrase at the beginning of the episode and most of those are sent to us by listeners. So thanks for listening as always. And we will see you in the next week's episode. Later, man. Later, dude. Please tell your friends about this show.